This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio. I'm Father Ian Dellinger, and I'm playing with food. What do bicycles have to do with bread? Well, when we were first let out at the beginning of the pandemic, I ventured over to Slow Natural Foods, where I saw a baguette with a bicycle logo and the words bread bike on the bag. I asked the clerk what it was, and I was told that there was this guy who baked bread and delivered it on his bicycle. That's kind of cool, I thought. So, of course, he had to be on playing with food. The origin story is definitely one about playing with food, specifically bread dough. The bigger story is one about love for one's neighbors. One of the first things we did was put two cast iron Dutch ovens into my oven at 500 degrees Fahrenheit for about 35 minutes. Then Sam and I sat down on the back porch for a chat. So grab yourself a hunk of bread and a mug of coffee and listen to the story of Bread Bike. Sam Nicola and I'm a bakery here in San Luis Obispo. I have a bakery called Bread Bike. I started that bakery a couple years ago in my home, and since then, two other people that are now co-owners with me, that's Mariah Grady and Matt Gamara, Bread Bike. That's great, and we're right outside my kitchen door on the patio because, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> so thank you for being flexible. What did you bring today? Today I have a couple of loaves of bread that we're going to bake, and we're going to bake it how I used to bake bread back at home, which is one loaf at a time or two at a time in a cast iron Dutch oven. All of our bread starts a few days before you actually bake it and eat it, and that's because all of our bread is naturally leavened bread, so we use a sourdough starter that we maintain, but it's also a lengthier process, and that's why I can't come and just make bread start to finish with you. Well, I think it's kind of fun. We get to use the work that our bakers did. So not yesterday, but the day before, we feed the starter. In the morning, we come in and we mix the dough. So you take that starter as a seed, mix it with flour and water and salt, and that turns into our dough. And then there's a few hours, four, five, six, seven hours, depending on the day, depending on the temperature in the bakery, where the bread is in the bakery at room temperature, and we're working with it, we're folding it to strengthen it, and then ultimately it's a big, big block of dough, and then we take that and we portion it up and turn it into loaves, like you see here, measuring those so they're all the same size, and then we shape them, put them into baskets, and then those the bread continues to proof and eventually goes into the fridge, and over the night, it continues to proof even further, but now at a slower pace and a lower temperature. That extra fermentation makes it easier to, to digest, but also makes it more delicious. And also makes it so that we can have relatively sane working hours as a baker's. Around five in the morning, whoever's starting the bake comes in and our oven's already hot. You take all that bread out of the fridge and load it up and bake it, and that's the bread for the day. So what's the bike part of it? The bike part started, I moved to San Luis Obispo a few years ago. And when I moved here, my intention was to make food for people. And I just wanted to make as much food for as many people as I could. And it's something I've done throughout my life, but never as my main focus as a career. And I was baking bread. I was making a lot of pasta. I was making pizza too, a lot of dough related things. A friend of mine, she had this idea to build a bike trailer 
and bring it down to the bike path and give away bread and coffee to people as they're going to work. And she thought I would be stoked on it and I was really stoked on it. Me and her built the bike trailer and we did that and it was really fun. And then at the same time I was baking bread for my friends and a friend of mine told me, hey, if you make bread every week, I'll buy it from you because I want to eat your bread every week. I had people that wanted to eat our bread, my bread, and a trailer that could carry things around. And I started baking bread and I started collecting more people who wanted to eat the bread that I baked regularly. And I would have a list and built a route and I would bake the bread and bike around and drop it on everyone's porch. And I had a fair amount of free time too. So riding a bike was just a lot more fun than driving a car and feels good that time. There's no reason not to be on a bike. That's the bike part of Bread Bike. And so we still do that. Now we have bikes with big trailers that we've built. It fluctuates, but um, maybe 150 or 200 people here in San Luis Obispo, some on this street are bikers biking around and we deliver to people's homes every week. That portion of our business is, is community supported bakery program, which is similar to CSA, community supported agriculture programs with farms where you get a farm box every week or every other week. We do the same thing, but instead of veggies, it's bread. So people get bread once a week, every other week, or once a month. And you can get different amounts. You can get a loaf, you can get baguettes, you can get loaf and baguettes and cookies. All of that part of our business is all bike-based. And that's only here in San Luis Obispo. But then now we have more parts of our business where we go to farmer's markets around the county. Unfortunately, we're not yet biking to them. <laughs> yeah, we have vans that we use to drive. Did you start this before the pandemic? Yeah. I started baking bread and biking it around, it was like August 2019. You know, I had 10 people every week and then 15 people and then it would just slowly grow. I started going on a campus once a week and I would set up my bike and sell bread on campus. I was making maybe 70 to 90 loaves of bread every week at my home. And that's like four loaves at a time in the oven. And you'll see when we bake with the cast irons, it's pretty intense and I was doing four. So I'd wake up at like four in the morning and I'd turn the oven on and nap on the couch and then it would get hot enough and then I'd load up the first load of bread, but there's all this shuffling and cast irons are really heavy filled with bread and I was constantly burning myself. It's like the gnarliest way to bake bread. It's not efficient in any way possible, but I got to the point where I was making 80 or so loaves and then I had to move and it was kind of coincided with when the pandemic started. I had to move out of my home where I was baking and the home that I was moving to where I currently live, I live with 20 people and I couldn't really do that because when I baked at my other home, I would take over the whole kitchen. And now there's a lot more people that it wouldn't be fair to. There was this moment where I almost didn't even decide. I just said, I'll see what happens, which is either I will stop baking or I'll find a bakery where they'll let me rent space from. I put something out there on the internet saying that was a situation and a baker reached out and said, hey, you can use our shop in down hours. And so then we moved into Jolene Bakery, which is downtown. At that point, at the same time, my friend Mariah, who's now part owner and the head of our pastry program, she had moved back into town and she was a baker and me and her had been friends and a lot of her friendship was around baking. Like I had gone and visited where she was baking and baked with them at the bakery and learned from her. And she's a really a baker that I looked up to. So I was always like, Mariah, you gotta come. People are loving Bread Bike. We can make more. You know how to do it. I don't know how to do it. It kind of worked out perfectly where she had moved back and the pandemic started. And as a result of that, she couldn't get a job because all the jobs ended. 
And so <laughs> it was kind of perfect for me. I was like, all right, well, you can come work with me. We can just make our own jobs and you can bake whatever you want. And so then we moved into a bakery. Then that was just like next phase of bread bike with the pandemic where Mariah and I started, we worked and we still do, but we just worked like crazy. Every day we were baking all summer long and we were doing pop-ups and we were biking bread around. And when we had extra bread, we would take turns and we'd load up the bread trailer and just bike around town and give it away to people. This is KCBX Central Coast Public Radio, and I'm Father Ian, playing with food on issues and ideas. Sam, the bread bike guy, came to my house to make bread and tell me his story of bread, a bike, and a whole lot of love. Um, I see you're getting razor blades out, and my should I be worried? No, yeah, let's check the oven. I think it might be almost time to, to bake. Okay, yeah, so we're at 500 degrees. So we have the two loaves of bread and their baskets, and they're nice and ready to be baked. These are little mini loaves, smaller than we normally make at the shop, but they'll fit into these cast irons well. And so what you're looking at is the bottom of the bread. When we take the cast irons out, we'll flip these over, and then we'll have the top of the bread. And then you score the loaves before they bake, and so that you cut a little slit into them, and that allows them to fully expand and also looks really pretty. And so those things are very hot. So yeah. <laughs> I've burned myself many times. So we're gonna... Okay. So there they are. And then we get to do a little score. And then we're going to put the lid on them. What this is going to do is make a sealed environment. And then we're going to turn this down, actually. So how long do they have to bake? I think these loaves will probably take 35 minutes, maybe 40 minutes. We're going to see. I'm going to put a timer on for 20 minutes. What we're going to do is then take the lids off. And so the lid is on there to create a sealed environment. And in that dough, there's a whole bunch of water. So when it hits all that heat, the water gets released as steam. And you actually want the bread to be baked in a steamed environment for the first half or two thirds of the bake. That allows the bread to fully expand without having its crust form. Because once the crust forms, it can't keep growing. And then it also allows sugars in that dough, sugars from the grain, to move from the center of the dough out towards the crust. And so then, again, when you pull that lid off, or when you evacuate the steam from the oven, the crust caramelizes that nice brown color and texture, and then also has a really great flavor. At the bakery, we have a big deck oven. That deck oven has chambers where we can inject press a button and it releases water and turns into steam and it steams the whole chamber. And so we don't need to use cast irons, obviously. Uh, and then we have a vent that we can pull and release that steam to do all this. But at home, you can do a really good job of copying that by just using the cast iron. Sam seems to have had a much more interesting time than most people did during the very beginning of the pandemic lockdown. I remember the first couple weeks of the pandemic was actually so fun for me because Everyone was stuck at home, including me, but I was just at home baking bread. So what I started, I started baking bread every day 
and I would just go on the internet, on Instagram, and say, hey, I've got some bread. Let me know if you want it. And people would, maybe it'd be like five, ten people, and I would just hop on my bike, and I had nothing, no one had anything to do. And so I would just go bike around for four or five hours, like going the least efficient route you could ever imagine. I'd go like one side of town, then the other side of town, then back to the other side of town. But I had nothing to do, it was just riding my bike. And then I'd go to people's homes and I'd bring them a loaf of bread that I just baked. And they're so stoked. They're stoked because they have fresh bread, but they're also stoked because they haven't seen people for a while. And so then I just hang out on their porch and we talk with everyone. And I felt like I got to go out and I would kind of get this reconnaissance report on what's going on around town and come back and tell my housemates, oh, I saw this person and this person. And it was really fun. How many miles were you cycling a day? Uh, I never really kept track right now. Our routes are like 15 to 20 miles, so probably something like that. But also, well, now we have pedal-assisted bikes, and that's because we have trailers that allow us to carry around hundreds of pounds of bread. And you, you kind of can do it without a pedal-assist, but you can't really. Without but before, I didn't have pedal-assist, so I would just go pretty slow because it was, it was hard, but I would just go slow and steady. It was maybe, yeah, 10 to 20 miles, something like that. Were you just physically exhausted every single day? Because you'd get up at 4 o'clock in the morning to bake bread, and then you'd go cycle 15 miles. So I'd only bake three days of the week, and yeah, it was pretty hard. It was a lot of work because, yeah, wake up really early, and then you bake the bread, and then at the same time mixing dough for the next day's bread. And then once all that's mixed and shaped, it goes into the fridge, and then load up the trailers, and then bike around. But I think it's that's most bakers are tired often they're tired and it's also it's hard to at times to have kind of a normal social life or normal life because your hours might be different than other people i don't remember how tired i was back then but i was probably tired sometimes but then i had a few days off i was also just pretty i was pretty energized by it it didn't go on too long and actually that was part of like when i was telling you how i had to move and i thought maybe it would end or maybe i would find a bakery to move to at that point in time I recognized it was not sustainable what I was doing baking 90 loaves of bread 80 90 loaves doing all that work it was tons of work and it was also it was lonely in a sense that I was in my home for 12 13 14 hours doing all this work and then I would go bike around and then I would get some connection but to me I'd much rather be working with others than working by myself and so it felt like when I had to move if the business had ended, and at that point, I don't even know if it was a business. It's was, it was kind of a business. Um, were, you like, were you charging people? I was charging people, yeah. In the beginning, it was sliding scale, and then I realized I was just confusing for everyone. People don't, you know, people don't want to have to decide, and I don't, you know. And so then I started charging money, and I think towards the end, I was actually making enough money, cover my costs, cover my rent just barely, and have food, so it's kind of breaking even, which felt like a huge success. You are listening to Issues and Ideas on KCBX Public Radio. I'm Father Ian, baking bread with and hearing the story of Sam, the bread bike guy. All of this effort came from a much deeper place than just making bread and delivering it by bike. I try to foster a feeling and often have the feeling that everyone is my friend, and that's how I like to see people. Not to say that we have a relationship that friends have, but just that they are a friend to me and that we just haven't discovered that relationship, that friendship. And I think hand in hand and with that is just that I 
then I love everyone because I, I love my friends and I wish them happiness. That's, yeah, that's this driving force in my life. And when I feel happy and healthy, then I think I can embody that really well. And other times it's harder for me and I think it's normal for everyone. And I love cooking for my friends and I love sharing food with my friends. I love cooking with my friends too. I love when people cook for me also. That's to me the best way to show that friendship, to have that friendship or to create it is to share food. And so that's what, that's what we get to do now every day, make food and share with people. And our bakery now, we have 12 or 13 people working, a bunch of bakers and bikers and pastry makers and yeah, all sorts of people. That's been an interesting process for me to go from having just been me where I did everything, I knew everyone, you know, I delivered bread to everyone. I knew everyone's name, I knew where they lived. And then when we started doing pop-ups, I got to meet everyone. Again, I know everyone's name and got to connect and to share stories with them and really felt like these were all my friends. And now we have, I don't make the bread these days. We have Matt, who's our other uh, owner. He's our head baker. And then we have a team of bakers. There's Nate and Nick and Jordan and Isaac. They mix the dough, they shape the loaves, they bake the bread. And they're so good at it. And they're, yeah, they're amazing at it. And then really I get to share the bread, which almost feels sometimes like a little cheat code because I get to share it and still create this connection without doing some of that work that went into it. But then I also balance that with the understanding that I, I do still do work to contribute to it. You talked about how everyone is your friend, you love your friends, and you show that by sharing bread with them and sharing food with them. I'm assuming that you know the Latin translation of the word companion? No, I don't. Companion means to share bread with. If I'm your companion, I'm your bread sharer. There's linguistic truth to what you're doing. Yeah, bread is the staple food. There's so much history with bread. It keeps people alive all over the world every day. I think it's not an accident or a coincidence that I have a bakery. <laughs> Everyone loves bread. It's not, it's not some fancy food, although we make sometimes some fancy bread, but it's accessible in that sense. And that's another part of what we want to build with our bakery is this inclusive community. Everyone is welcome to and can partake in. And bread, when it comes to food, is pretty universally loved. Well, not always. Every once in a while, there's some people with gluten intolerances. And even then, the bread that we make, the way that we make it, and the grains that we use, some of those people can still eat our bread and feel good. Definitely one day we'll also develop recipes that are gluten-free and then we can make food for everyone, really. The time came for the bread to come out of the oven. Oh, is this empty? We're gonna check on the bread, it might be done. Okay, okay it looks like bread. Press out real quick. When it sounds hollow, then you know it's baked. Okay, cool. And another thing that you can try to capture is in maybe 15, 20 seconds, the bread will start to crackle. And that's, that's the bread song. You probably can't pick it up. Probably can't pick it up. Cool. Those are cute little loaves, huh? Yeah, little mini loaves. The recording did capture the bread song, but it was too faint for radio broadcast. 
This is KCBX Public Radio, and you're listening to Issues and Ideas. I'm Father Ian, and I'm playing with food with Sam, the bread bite guy. As the bread cooled a bit, Sam shared with me the growth plans for the business, which greatly emphasized that playing with food is not just about the final product. Food is part of an ecosystem, and that ecosystem must be managed with care and compassion. Are you still breaking even? In the business? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, we just invested a lot of money into building a bakery. So we took loans from the community. There's an organization called Slow Money Slow that facilitates peer-to-peer loans, community members, and small local food businesses. Their mission is to support the local food economy. Maybe 10 different people, and then also there were just people that were in my network having baked for everyone. I baked for everyone, and some of those people really love what I do and told me that, hey, when I need some help, to take a next step, they would, they would be there to help. And so we were able to gather all those loans and then uh, build this bakery over the summer. And now we have loans to pay off, but it feels like we'll be able to do it. We haven't quite got to the part where us as owners are really getting paid a, a living wage, but we're really proud that we pay our employees well. But it's hard, making food is hard. Making food is easy. Making Food and making a living is hard. Everyone wants really good, really cheap food. That's another big part of our mission is to show people that those two things actually don't exist simultaneously. Really good food, and when I say really good, I mean food that was grown responsibly, that's grown in a way that's taking care of the earth. Food that was grown by people that are being paid responsibly, and then made by people who care and also deserve to live and then made in a way that's gonna make it taste good, which takes time. You know, we put a lot of time and energy and and passion into it. Uh, Those aren't cheap things, and they shouldn't be cheap things. So that's definitely a part of our mission is to explain that and show that and connect with people. Because the more that we can show people that, that we're real people, that the farmers that we work with are real people, that we're local community members, the farmers we work with are here in California, they're local to our region or our state, The more that people can understand and see us as their friends, then the happier they are to pay us what it takes for us to exist. And we don't want to just break even. We want to be prosperous, all of us. We don't want to be rich, but we want to to live amongst everyone here in San Luis Obispo. So how many ingredients do you actually buy and where do you source them from? We buy all sorts of stuff. The basis of bread is flour and water and salt, and water comes out of the tap filtered and then salt and salt then grain and grain is very complex in that there's many varieties of grain there's many different types of quality of grain and there's grain grown all over the world and all over the country and all over the state and so we strive to buy grain that's grown here in california as we kind of reach our full vision a lot of the grain that we'll be using will be hopefully grown here within Central California. That being said, it's not that realistic to only use grain in Central California because it's not necessarily the perfect climate for bread grain. We want to grow the grain economy. We want to be working with more California growers. For us, we want to be working with growers that are growing grain organically because we believe that that long-term is the only sustainable way to grow food, um, even beyond organically, regeneratively. A big piece of that that we don't have yet at the bakery is the infrastructure to support those growers. And one of the missing links in California is mills. And so there used to be a mill in basically every city, and now there aren't. So if you grow grain at a small scale, 
in order for you to turn that grain into something you can sell, like flour, you got to ship it far away, pay the miller, and then ship it back. And then all of a sudden it costs two or three times as much. And everyone thinks flour is cheap. And then they don't want to buy it. And so for us, we have yet to purchase the mill, but we're in the process of preparing to purchase a mill. It's a 40-inch stone mill in our bakery. And part of that has to do with raising some funds then we will be able to work directly with farmers that are growing grain. And so that instead of them having to ship it out of state or somewhere far away, we can just receive that grain and then we'll mill it, turn it into fresh flour, and with that flour, bake bread the same day. Not only is that kind of helping us support these local farmers, but it's going to make the bread that much better. But to answer your original question, we have a few ingredients to make bread, and then we like to add in seeds or some special other thing but and those ingredients for now uh for the most part come from california but this last year has been one of the worst years for grain farmers and the history of grain farming and so we actually had one of the milling companies that we were buying flour from their whole line of california grown flour is gone for a year because it just it didn't grow and so now that wheat is coming from out of state that's this like balance point where you have your idealism and then the reality of you need flour to make bread. Um, and so we strive towards this goal of California grown grains in our bread and we're partially there and we'll get more and more there as we reduce our dependency on bigger players and start working directly with smaller growers and farmers. And the bread that we baked together was finally cool enough to taste which was amazing. Uh, has it been enough time to bring a loaf out here and tear it open? Absolutely. Okay, so you said the first thing you do is just tear it open. Let's do it. Smells good. Feels good. It tastes good. It tears really easily. My fresh bread. Yeah. Mmm. That's good. The dough is the same dough that we use to make our country bread. So sourdough bread uses a mix of different whole grains, including wheat and rye and spelt. There's a sifted bread flour in there as well, and a bunch of water and salt and sourdough starter. And then on top, there's sesame seeds, poppy seeds, and fennel. Mmm, that's really good. Straight out of the oven. I love the fennel. That fennel's good. It's just a hint. I wouldn't have known what it was until you told me. We have another loaf called Everything Loaf. It has like everything bagel style topping, which is a little similar to this. It has a couple other things also on there, but I always have loved it because of the fennel. I think the fennel, it's like, just slice that up, make some toast, put some butter on top. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. It's a little sour. You can taste the sourness. Mm-hmm. Just a little, mm-hmm. but it's not like super mm-hmm. sour. It's- that's the, the lemon, the, the sourdough. So should we deliver this loaf of bread to Christine? Sure. We were going to bike to Christine's, but because Sam needed to bring the heavy cast iron Dutch ovens, he drove to my house. So we delivered by car. Hi, Christine. We have some Hello. bread for you. This is Sam. Hello. How do you do, sir? I just a friend just told me about this and then Father Ian texted me and told me. So So we brought you bread and uh freshly made, freshly delivered. I can feel it's nice and warm. Yeah, we just pulled out of the oven. Thank you so very much for thinking of me and 
Sam's story is an amazing one. Our conversation went on for two hours. He has a lot of passion for bread making, for the earth, and for other people. He has a passion for running a responsible business, one that cares for the customer, but also for the suppliers and for the earth and for other bread makers. But for now, I leave you with Sam's business ethos. And I was making food for a lot of people. And so I kind of felt like, all right, maybe I did it. Maybe this is it. Maybe it's ending because I'm moving and that's fine. And that was an awesome project. Or maybe I'll get to keep doing it and then we'll see what happens. And I was I was equally okay with both of those because there's also this part of me that was kind of exhausted and felt like it was unsustainable. I mean, it's exactly what I wanted to be doing. It's fun. Um, I had always wanted to dedicate my time to, to that, to making food and sharing it with people. And I had finally figured out how to create this circumstance where I was able to do that. It's a really easy step to friendship, path to friendship. Because here I am and I put my energy and love into this loaf of bread and then I put more energy into biking it to you and then I'm on your porch and I get to smile and say hi and talk and connect. And it's really fun. To me, my business, creating a business is just a way for me to express love to a bunch of people, as many people as I can. Making food for them is is the easiest way that I show love. Or maybe not the easiest, it's my favorite way. This is KCBX Public Radio on the Central Coast. I'm Father Ian, and I'm playing with food. <laughs>